HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode brought to you by the Sexton Single Malt Irish Whiskey, the best-selling Irish single malt in the U.S. The Sexton is an unexpected modern malt for the everyman and woman, rich in hue, approachable in taste, and memorable in character. You can learn more at thesexton.com. I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, jumping in to tell you about this week's episode of Meat and 3 Heritage Radio Network's Weekly Food Roundup. This week, we're introducing you to some amazing women taking a stand. So often, being sexually harassed feels like a loss of control, and so I wanted to have these very tangible guides to say, here's what you can do. Others are pushing for more diversity at major food industry events. I still feel really determined to do you know, whatever I can to help shift that, and in a direction that's not just more diverse, but more equitable. We also have a report on that summer business staple, the lemonade stand. The lemonade stand might be the purest form of starting a business. Low overhead, easy to get into, and requires little experience or special equipment. Don't miss Meat and 3, your weekly 15-minute food news roundup from HRN. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Search M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. And thanks, as always, for listening. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. Dude. Hey, buddy. Sorry to miss last week's show. That's all right. How was it? It was great, man. Will Elliott. That guy, that yeah. guy is, uh, is he's a pro. I don't know if he's been media trained, but he's, he's a natural. <laughs> he's a natural. Yeah, it was a great show. I listened in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got uh, the Golden Hour happening over there. It was, uh, on Wednesday was day four of service, so he, was, uh, he had a little bit of panic in his eyes towards the end of the show because he had to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's you every week. <laughs> yeah, me every week because I got to run to work. <laughs> but he was running to open a thing, you know. Um, but it was a great show, and we definitely missed you. But we got a beautiful summer, sunny day happening here in Brooklyn, and we got some great people in the studio today. Yeah, man, dude, I was uh, I was sorry to miss it, uh, but uh, I was at Camp Runamuck, my first time yeah, as a sponsor. Let's talk about it. And uh, it was it was really great. I you know like I I had heard all about um, 
you know, people's experiences with it and how like emotionally it can be. And I, I get that because I went to camp yeah. and like I, I realized that like all of uh, like my like early adult like you know post school like moving out on my own kind of like friends were all from people I met at, at camp. Wow. And it was really cool because like a lot of the uh, a lot of the brand representatives there were saying that like they actually got their jobs based on connections they made at at Camp Runamut. So unbelievable! It was a lot of fun. And uh, did you did you come away with some new connections? Did you cry on the, on the last day? I I, I cry a lot, so yeah, I, yeah, I can't you're, tell. You're softy. Like, you're softy. <laughs> Everybody it was knows that. Coming from, but uh, yeah, it was a really great time. We had a really great team, uh, uh, great cabin uh, with the the Brooklyn Gen team like a bunch of amazing people were there and it was a really great time can't wait to go back uh we're going back in august to uh, oh you're doing both yeah wow. totally good for you yeah man so it's oh. Really fun. Oh, yeah campus forever campus forever <laughs> hashtag <laughs> campus forever <laughs> hey man uh so we are we're here in the studio today and uh to talk about a a cocktail yes i know the one you're quick. gonna talk about and uh i think i had it last night really i was at the polynesian you're last at the night polynesian so, some number of years ago, uh, there was an article actually written about um, this cocktail called the Winchester, and uh, it's it's featured at the Polynesian, Brian Miller's new, very beautiful, like, tiki bar. An ode to tiki. It's gorgeous. It, yeah, it's it's amazing. And it's... Yeah. It's big. It's huge. 300 people capacity. Uh, that gives Incredible. me so much stress. A lot of stress. That, those numbers. Um, so... I was at Death and Company about, fuck, man, probably like eight, nine, maybe ten years ago. Sure. Brian Miller's behind the bar. And I'm like, hey, can you just make me something kind of tiki? He's like, fuck yeah. And this is like right when he was like getting Just when really that seed was getting planted, that, yeah. You know? He makes me this cocktail called the Winchester. And it's a gin zombie. And I'm like... Holy shit, that is a great name for this cocktail. So I'm like, dude, it's a gin. It's a zombie, but it's gin. It's like British gin, zombie. Holy crap, this is amazing. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Shaun of the Dead. And he's like, what is that? Like, it's a zombie movie that's based in London, and they take refuge in a bar called the Winchester. Like, that's amazing. He's like... I've never heard of that. It's actually named <laughs> after my friend and our guest today, Angus Winchester. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you very much. Damn glad to be here. Great to have you. And now they have the double-barreled Winchester on the menu. I know. I didn't notice what the difference was. It was my third drink, so I, I wasn't going to notice differences. Uh, four gins, not three. <laughs> uh, they always say, you know, what one, the what, idea is what, what one rum does well, three rums does better. He's working on the same principle with gins. Uh, but, so. and, and even adding adding that up to one more to four, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and also in the studio, we've got my dear friend and former head bartender at Amori Margo, Lindsay Madison. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to town. She's going to do a guest shift tonight at Amori Margo. Cause amazing. She, cause, what, why are you in town? Hanging out, Negroni Week, basically. Really? I just, yeah, I just wanted to come back and hang out, a little vacation. It's great to Thought see I'd, you. Thank you, you too. Thought I'd, you know, try and get behind the bar while I was here, make you a little did. money for charity. Yeah, you did, going up last night. Did yeah, that was great. Powerpuff Girls. Yes. Which one were you? Blossom, the commander and the leader. No, come Bubbles. on. Bubbles. She has the power of laughter. She does. Uh, is, it, is it weird how much I know about the Powerpuff Girls? I'm enjoying it. I'm bummed that you weren't there last night. 
What was that, Dave? Just one womp. <laughs> just one womp. Truncated. Yeah. Solo womp. Truncated. Uh, but Angus, you're in the studio because you are here to talk to us about next week. Negroni Week's going on this week, but next week, right here in, in Brooklyn, we have BCB, Bar Convent Brooklyn, which is the offshoot of BCB, Bar Convent Berlin, right? Indeed. And you are taking the helm as the Director of Education. Yeah, indeed. Director uh, of Education sounds very important. Uh, I made the title up myself, etc. But <laughs> I'm in charge of curating, which seems to be the voguish word at the moment, all the education that goes on at the show. And it's a it's a power packed show, and it's it's relatively short in comparison to a lot of other ones. It's just three days, right? Uh, just two days. Two days. Yeah. So it's you're packing it in. Absolutely. I mean, it's different. It's a trade show. Yeah. You know, this isn't a cocktail festival and anything like that. It's a trade show. Yeah. It's definitely facing us, not the consumer, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, so, talk to us about what's going on, what goes on at Bar Convent in general, and what's going to be new and in, 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 uh, in exciting at, at Brooklyn. Okay. So, I mean, as I say, it's a Lay trade it show. Think of it as you know, a bunch of stands and booths with education around the outside. That's how Berlin did it, and it was very successful. They're in now their 11th year and expanded to a third day over there. And they realized that there were opportunities to expand it. They also realized that Berlin and Brooklyn you know, have a lot of sort of similarities in terms of you know, coolness, hipness, number of bartenders, and the interesting things going on. Mm-hmm. Plus, it doesn't have a, you know, a bar exhibition here. So you know, since the demise of MCC, yeah. it made sense to do something. So I was really happy to come across and do it. I've been to Berlin, been involved with Berlin since it started, and was flattered, honored to be asked if I could helm up the education portion. Well, of I didn't it. hear that you also kind of live here. Uh, yeah, it sort of helps, I think. <laughs> but, you know, trying to bring in some global aspect to it. Of you know, course, One yeah. of the things we looked at, do we only have New York people presenting, or do we bring people from outside New York so that New Yorkers get a sense and an opportunity to see these people? Which way did you go? Uh, predominantly, I had the big beasts from New York, for sure. I mean, you can't run a show over here, especially in Brooklyn, without, you know, your Don Lees and your Dave Arnolds and your Dave Wondriches and your Ivy Mix and Julie Reiner and people like that, sure. but also try to bring in some new talent and to, you know, highlight some of the other things going on in the U.S. We've only got a couple of international people coming in this time. It was like an 80-20, 70-30? I would have thought it's, yeah, about 80-20. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. um, there's some good people, established names, but also some of the people doing some really interesting, quirky stuff and the smaller stuff, the lesser known people and the lesser known topics as well. Yeah. Give me, give me some examples of the yeah. lesser known topics. Well, it, I mean, entice me to one of the. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. Obviously, sustainability is big. So we're sure. looking at it from two different aspects. We've got, you know, Chad and Claire from Tin Reef Community coming in talking about the carbon footprint of a drink because we're all obsessed by the pollution aspect of it. But we've also got. Plastic you and, Charles and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also got you and Morgan from Diageo talking about what the bigger brands are doing and how, you know, Diageo are supposedly committed to reducing their water usage by 40%, which with the amount of water that's used in distillation, how big they are, that that makes a big difference. So showing from that aspect of it, also looking at wellness, you know, I've got Tim Etherington Judge and Claire Smith-Warner coming in talking about, you know, the healthy hospitality and wellness and meditation and all of the things that you can do to survive this industry. And reminding people that it's a career, not a lifestyle. I think it's one of the biggest problems that we have within the industry. Right. I feel like that's a conversation that's been going on now for a few years because it's just finally been recognized. Yeah, it has. And people are prepared to admit, you know, how difficult and the problems that have created. And, you know, some of the leaders of our industry have stood up and said, yeah, you know, I work with alcohol, but it is a problem to me. It is not my friend. And I think that's absolutely great. We got a great session on spirit free, you know, the new word for non-alcoholic cocktails, mocktails, whatever you may have, from Julia Momos up in Chicago, as well as Lynn House talking about low alcohol cocktails as well. So really, 
drawing the idea that this is about the experience and not just a drink. Yeah. Is it... I feel like we're finally getting around to a place where it's yeah. more European in style. You know, whenever I travel in France or Spain or Italy, I notice that, like, happy hour is several hours, and it's all low ABV, whereas yeah. happy hour in, in, say, New York is maybe two hours, and it says high AB as po- AVB as possible, lowest price possible, you know. Prohibition did that to us, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, got, we got nervous. Yeah, the Americans have a strange relationship with alcohol. You know, it's sort of, you know, demonized and protected until you're 21, which creates weird ideas amongst people growing sure. up. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and, you know, people, through prohibition, you know, they drink just to get drunk, which, as Robert Hess says, is rather like having sex just to get pregnant. It's, right. You're missing out on a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, it's, hey, there's some cool stuff like that, and obviously... You know, I've got people like Tobin Ellis coming across, talking about efficiency and bartender biomechanics. Well, yeah, he's got, he, he builds those systems that he builds that are just amazing. Elford mm-hmm. uh, uh, has one at, the, uh, at No Anchor. Chris Elford. Yeah, yeah, Chris Elford. He, yeah. It's, it's like this crazy little cockpit but with it, little drawers and lights. And yeah. But it's all about being as front-facing as possible and everything. He, think it's, he can put 120 bottles within arm's reach, etc. Yeah, you, know, uh, you never have to f- turn around and face away. You're always engaged. It's and crazy. for years, that's what he's been talking about before, for free-pouring, but he was always about efficiency. Right. And the opportunity to bring him over here and talk about you know, not just his Perlick bar station, but the mentality behind it, the physical component, as well as the, the setup in front of you, how important that is. So okay. some really cool stuff like that. Got a couple of panels. I was trying to stay away from panels. We've only got 45-minute sessions. These mm-hmm. aren't the 90-minute sessions you would get at Tales and elsewhere, so that there's more sessions during the day. But I tried to stay away from panels, but the two I wanted were the media, which I thought, you know, is a rather telling one sitting here. You know, the role of the media with relation to the hospitality industry, you know, whether it's clickbait or, you know, always chasing the next biggest trend rather than necessarily, you know, educating the consumer and educating the bartender as well. And also one about the relationship between brands and uh, the industry in terms of, you know, the on-premise is 20% of most drinks companies' uh, revenue. And yet, you know, we think we're absolutely fantastic and people should pour money into us. And, you know, is it about competition? Is it about training? You know, how can brands interact with us in a meaningful way? And to get four of the, the biggest companies and the presenting sponsors for the show itself to stand up there and talk about you know, the challenges, the opportunities that they see, and hopefully what they're going to be doing with us in the next couple of years, us right. being the industry. Right. I think it's, that's a, a common problem among our, our set. I think we think, uh, we think too big of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, right? if we, we're, we're great for growing per, brands. Percentage, exactly. Percentage-wise, we're drops in the bucket. Yeah, which is what certain other companies, 86 Company, Banks Rum, things like that, have figured out great reputation within the on-premise. But how do you translate that into case sales, which tends to come from the off-premise? Of course, yeah. Uh, So it's interesting things like that. But there there are three areas, three main areas at the show. What we call the main stage, and most of those talks that we've just talked about are on the main stage, which are organized by us, paid for by us, no brand messaging, no selling or anything like that. The second areas, of which there are two, are we call the demo bars. And these are the sponsored areas, the branded areas. And I'm really happy that so many master distillers and master blenders are going to be up on that stage, as well as people from around the world, sort of highlighting some of the things that these brands are doing, but also that the brands are supporting. You're not going to see any pitches and advertising and you know, company slots up there from that point of view. And the last bit is the tasting rooms, where I really wanted to grow the tasting rooms so that people could understand the liquids from a basic point of view all the way up to the really high-end things. So mm. we partnered with the WSET, 
who run really the only globally recognized wine and spirits education certification there is. So they're handling a lot of the fundamentals and we're and the foundation courses. I've also asked you know, a bunch of people that I know to come in and run those higher level courses or education about topics, you know, uh, categories of spirits that don't always necessarily get the right amount of attention focused on them. Got an Amaro seminar going on? <laughs> there is an Amaro one. Uh, Eric, Eric Seed. Oh, perfect. Uh, That's the right guy. Whether we're going to argue about whether it's Amaris or Amaros, I'm not entirely sure. Well, he, he says Amari. It's Amari. There we go. Uh, but, you know, looking at, you know, from Pisco, Applejack, Armagnac, uh, Sochu as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's very, such, you know, up and coming at the moment for sure. In, yeah, indeed. Yeah. And very, uh, and very very misunderstood. Yeah, but also having those basic foundation courses because not everyone has, you know, who goes to a trade show has been in the industry for 20 years. Not everyone has been to every show so far. So to have basic foundation courses on the building blocks and then have someone like Steve Olson coming in and talking about not just Mezcal, but Rosia and Sotel and Bacanora and things like that, or have Keo O'Brien talking about the other sugarcane distillates, not just, you know, your agricoles and your industriels, but looking at Mexican rum and looking at patient clarion and, and things like that. Sure. So, you know, there's a bunch of interesting stuff up there. I've, on one hand, looked at what I think the industry would like, and I've also indulged myself to get a few sessions on things that I think should be have more attention on them. Well, you've got your finger on the pulse enough to understand that if, if you'd be interested in it, then a lot of people would probably be interested in it. Yeah, you, You're not new to this. No, and I've also, what I've tried to do is, I'm the education director, so I've tried to make everything educational as opposed to, should we say, entertaining. Yeah. Sometimes I think... Or even in the split, right? Infotainment. Yeah, mm. uh, edutainment, as people uh, have called sure. it before. But, you know, I wanted, when I was taking submissions, and I had well over 100 submissions from people around the world for that main stage, only 10 slots, so wow. a bit of a hard job there. But my thing was, is it practical? Are people going to learn things in this session that they can actually go and use or think about straight away afterwards? Is it relevant? Like, Do we need to know this at the moment? And finally, is it interesting? Right. Uh, and that rejected a bunch of topics that were just a little bit too conversational, and also, unfortunately, meant that there were certain large and important topics that we just couldn't do justice to. And rather than just paying lip service, we had to say, okay, this is not the right format for it. But thankfully, there are other shows around the country that are looking at some of those topics as well. Right. What would you say, uh, I don't know if you've, uh, if you're like 70 of these numbers, but like, what would you say the attendance looks like right now as far as like, it's, I mean, it's internationally pretty, I, I, I'm not sure about the actual split I mean I know over the course of two days we are I think it's about 4,200 tickets shall we say so about 2,000 each day it was one of the things about Berlin last year that it was a two day show and they sold out and a lot of people had booked flights and made plans oh, without wow. actually booking wow. tickets. Oof. Oh, wow. So I would say book your ticket now. Yeah. Some sure. people have said the, the process to log in is a little bit cumbersome, but part of that is because we need to make sure that you are industry. You know, there are no mm. civilians here. This is trade, professionals. So you have to upload or at least bring along some proof that you're within the industry. Right. We love civilians, but there are shows for them. Uh, and this is more trade, you know, focused on networking, learning, education, discovering new products and things like that. How long has this been in the planning stages? I was first contacted in October of last year, just after they so did not that Berlin. long, really. Uh, no, I mean, the, I mean I, that's how long Reed, who are the organisers, have been looking at it. I'm not sure, sure right? But, okay, you know, as I say, they first contacted me 
about doing Brooklyn, and then I perform actually the same role for Berlin now, which is three days, 15,000 people over the three days. Wow. But we wanted to start small. That's how Berlin did it. You know, yeah. We were massively oversubscribed for people who wanted to exhibit here, but you know, 125 stands, about 200 different brands will be represented there, 54 educational sessions over the course of two days. So there's a lot for your $65, you know, yeah. $80 on the day, but it's better to get your ticket now. Yeah, because it might be sold out, it sounds yeah, like. For sure. And I've, I've had people from around the world say they're coming because it's an opportunity or an excuse to come to Brooklyn <laughs> and catch up with all the bars and things that they Oh, and a great time yeah. to come. You know, it's early summer, meaning lots of New Yorkers are gone, so the city's a little bit empty. Restaurants and bars are easier to get into, et cetera. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pretty smart. Um, so the, you know, I, I just want to say this, like for, uh, well, you and I as bar owners, you know, like I told my staff if they want to go, I actually have given, I, I've given them passes to uh, BCB. Oh, right. You know, and I, I would say that to to anyone out there who is in charge of a staff, it's like, yeah. it's not that much money right, invest, to get a ton if, of an... Investment yeah. in your staff is, yeah. is investment in your place. Exactly. Yeah. So I would I would implore everyone out there to uh, make sure you're taking... Always take care of your staff, but uh, if if they're interested in going to this next week, you should definitely like buy tickets for your... And you should get on it right away. People. So speaking yeah. of right away, what's uh, what's the website to go to? Uh, that's interesting. Brooklyn.com, I think. <laughs> Use your Google, people. You can figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We're going to come right back and continue talking with Angus Winchester and our special guest, Lindsay Madison, sitting in the studio. Uh, we're going to come right back after this. Stay with us. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by the Sexton Single Malt Irish Whiskey, a new and unexpected modern malt for the everyman and woman. I like that. Uh, <laughs> this whiskey is made from 100% Irish malted barley. It's triple distilled for smoothness in copper pot stills, consciously aged for four years in Oloroso sherry butts, allowing maximum impact from the wine while controlling the level of oak flavor before it becomes too overwhelming. The result? An approachable Irish single malt, perfectly balanced, with a smooth finish that will leave you wanting more. I want some more. Let's pour let's some right it. now. Yeah, let's do it. Um, what do you get on the nose? Well, actually, like, Team? I kind of I, I kind of tip this back really hard, so I got, like, the actual whiskey on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, like, it's nutty. It's got, like, all the cool, like, like finishes of the, the sherry. Um, I love, what's your favorite sherry, by the way? Do you have a favorite like type of sherry? Because Oloroso is actually my favorite. Yeah, I like Olorosos. I like uh, the Finos. I like the I drier, like... drier, drier stuff. Oh, really? But when I'm talking about things like this, yeah, the Oloroso is the right pick. Like Amontillado, Oloroso. Sure. That, 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 that that's nutty. Like, yeah, like slight, yeah. you know, slightly savory, slightly bitter, even. Yeah. You know that, that it's almost like sometimes with the Olorosos you can find that that nutty flavor, but then like, that when hu- you, like husky, when you, nutty. the husk of the yeah, nut. Yeah, yeah. When you bite totally. into a peanut and you get just a little bit of the the shell in your mouth and it's like drying. Right, yeah, but, but nutty. Totally. I love that. This yeah. stuff also has a lot of like honey notes mm-hmm. and a lot of wood. You got a lot of honey notes. Hey, somewhere. huh? <laughs> and, and you got a lot of wood. 
Jesus anyway. Christ. Well, anyway, <laughs> we gotta <laughs> next time you're hanging out with your friends uh, or at your favorite bar, order a Sexton Irish single malt and uh, learn more about it at uh, thesexton.com. Yeah, it's the number one selling Irish single malt in North America. That's interesting to know. It it's is. quite good, and I love the bottle too. It's got great design. It's it's a really uh, it's a very attractive bottle. Yeah. Find it on your favorite back bar. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) All right, cheers. Cheers. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. In the studio today, we have Ingus Winchester and our good friend, Lindsay Madison. We're talking about... Bar Convent Brooklyn. Now, something that I was thinking about, like while we're, uh, are you going to stay in town till next week and go to Bar Convent? You know what's funny is I'm actually flying back to Seattle and then coming back for Bar Convent Brooklyn. Perfect. Oh, yeah. nice. You got your I'll tickets? Be, I will be doing some work with uh, Q Drinks actually. Oh, uh, I'll be at their event Tuesday night and running around doing some stuff with them Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, should be fun. Excellent. So I was thinking about this uh, in the first half of the show. You said that uh, BCB has been around. For 11 years? This, I think, is the 11th year in Berlin. So wasn't there a, a Berlin bar conference before that? Nope. I thought there was. No, I mean, Europe really... I mean, have you ever been to bar, bar convent Berlin? It's hard to say. It is BCB. <laughs> BCB. Yeah. No, well, now never, there's two BCBs. You have to identify. I thought, yeah. there, was, I thought there was a um, a bar convention in Europe that predated Tales of the Cocktail. I feel like... I mean, theory, but you had bar show yeah, in London. Away. Bar show, bar oh, show. I bar guess show. It, yeah, yeah. Okay, that that was it. Bar know, show okay. in London, but they sort of screwed the pooch, uh, and yeah. it just ended up failing away. So, uh, so as far as like these kinds of uh, events go, uh, these different conferences, we you know we're we're seeing like we had like like you mentioned before the Manhattan Cocktail Conference, and there's the uh, the San Antonio Cocktail Week, and there's like. Portland's coming back. Portland. BevCon, which moved from exactly. South Carolina to LA. But yeah. I mean, San Diego has one. They're I mean, everywhere. I'm out of the loop now, but to a certain extent, there is now an entire network. I mean, it's Barra Mexico, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And right now, yeah. You had Cocktail and Spirits in Paris. Toronto had something. Saturday. Yeah. I mean, there are bar shows and bar conferences and cocktail conventions and cocktail weeks. I mean, this is the point that there's not just one type of industry get together we how do say. you feel about that you think they cannibalize yeah. each other or the high tide raises the, all the boats i think the high tide raises all the boats i think there's very few that people will genuinely travel to tales is you know the de facto u.s and maybe even global one but ecb is very much the european bar show and there are people from 70 countries coming over for europe etc yeah, but sure. i mean there are sessions and seminars sorry there were sessions and summits all over the place from you know the ukraine all the way through to I think actually Winchester in the UK has one. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that this is uh, this becomes the new de facto, and not for any uh, any other reason other than I can take the subway to it. Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's in our backyard. Yeah, well, so, I mean, it's different to Tales. It's different to Chicago style. Tales, yeah. Although they tend to kind of like open the doors to like the consumer side, which I think is very good. It's very cool. This one seems like you said in the first half of the show. It's like very much more like industry driven. 
It is. I mean, as I say, it's, we weren't trying to compete with anything. I yeah. mean, to a certain extent, trying to bring across what Berlin was about as opposed to try and you know, compete with anything in the US. But I see it, and I like it for its honesty, because it is for trade only, and yeah. it is, it's a trade show. And the fact that you're, you're, the, the talks are without sponsor. So there's no uh, influence. There are, I mean, there are sponsored talks, but... But the main stage. The main stage, you know, call it what you will. I mean, it's, you know, 150 people. The demo bars are 130 people stages. So there's not a huge difference from that point of view. But obviously, we wanted brands to be able to support education. Right, and showcase themselves. Yeah, but I mean, they're not really just talking about how wonderful they are. Right. You know, they are talking about topics that are important within the industry and interesting. I mean, I I tried to stay away from those sort of interesting... hmm, and keep more in a sort of practical. But, you know, if someone wants to talk about pop-up bars and how best they work and their proliferation, that's fantastic. You know what's interesting to me about this is, like, I, I, I know that there are, um, just from, like, regular customers that come to my bar, I know of people who are ticket holders for this conference that are not in the industry, but they just want to learn more about it. Like, it's kind of like learning how the sausage is made, you know? But the, but the, the certain things, like that might seem like redundant and kind of boring to us like but also very useful like managing your P&Ls and your cogs and like like running a business there are a lot of like civilians as you call them um who find that fascinating and, you know and like it's kind of like like looking behind the curtain you know and uh and do you do you ever get that southern oh absolutely thing? there's plenty like, of just want to know like the there's a reason that there's a there's a certain procession of like of education from our side. Like, not everyone who's a there's like, those folks that have the passing interest. There are folks that are interested, and there are folks that are like really, really yeah. deeply interested. That's why cocktail books exist. Exactly. You know, like mine, available August twenty eighth from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a. I'm just here for the drinks. Yeah. <laughs> that was a layup for you, buddy. Thanks, pal. <laughs> I think it's right. I mean, consumers. Civilians, you know, amateurs, call them what you will. Uh, it's not going to be just 100% industry at this point. Suppo- it's supposed to be. And if you have clever people who've managed to circumvent the process, you know, it's good to There's have always people, people that are going to hack the system. Yeah. Good to have people who are that committed, etc. And I would have loved to have more for the owners and the managers. Yeah, uh, sure. Because I think, you know, over the last couple of years, I've really realized that this is a group of people that are being not necessarily ignored. But, you know, the bartender, the mixologist, cocktailian, drinksmith, etc., is just being revered and being lavished with training and education. And right. And you get all the free trips to... Right. And oftentimes, as, uh, in, when you're at the level of ownership, you think, maybe when you think to yourself, whether you're noticing that your, your team below you is getting all these opportunities, you, you think to yourself, well, I've, I've arrived. I've opened my place. Yeah. And also you but get you, you still need that education. You still need to continue, you yeah, know? For sure. You never know at all. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was promoted from being a head bartender to a manager and they doubled my hours, half my salary. Yeah, that's uh, how it works. And you know, <laughs> they taught me how to run the register and set the burglar alarm and that was it. Suddenly yeah. I'm in charge of a business. So yeah. here's, to the have, key, here's the keys. Yeah, to have Julie and Susan and Christina coming in and talking about sure. the business aspect of it. To have, have Christy and Tom Hansen talking about culture. Well, and also hopefully to come in and talk about it honestly and to talk about like, hey, you know, it's not, it's not all Instagram. It's yeah. not all perfect every right. time. I really wanted to do a session on basically learning from your mistakes, yeah. asking people to yeah. come up and say the biggest mistake I've made in this industry was, 
and this is what I learned. Opening a bar. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For many people, yes, it is. But, you know, we're told now if you're a good bartender, the next stage is either writing a book or opening your own place. And right. the skills of being a good bartender and running a successful business are two different things. You know, we've Way seen recently. From how, many, how many toilets have you plunged and how many, like, drains have you snaked out? Yeah, all your, of them. All of them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus, you know, you've had seamstress clothes recently. You've had, you know, prairie school clothes. It doesn't matter. Prairie school, which had a lot of heft behind it eight and months. lasted eight Big months. Big motherfucking badass bars. Yeah. You know, like, with Stuff badass arms. people. Yeah. 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 Tumbling. So, so it's not, uh, yeah, uh, there's, there's definitely plenty to be learned and to be seen from behind, there behind is. the curtain. I mean, the trouble for me was just choosing the right sessions because I had so much and so much I wanted to do. And I think this is a really good, solid list. You know, it doesn't matter what education level you are. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. There is stuff there that you can learn, go and see. All the talks are 45 minutes. They all run simultaneously. It's all first come, first served. So... You know, go along and... Oh, know. so it's a, a, you just, a general admission, basically. You sure. buy your ticket and you go to the things you want uh, to go to. As much as you if, want to. If you yeah. fit, you fit. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, there's no, no pre-tickets. Really no, cool. that was sold out. And now I have to hang around outside to see. So, I mean, oh, it I should, hate that. It should be good. Every time. Cool. Yeah, that's Very great, cool. man. Well, really can't wait. And, and it's... Uh, when is it running? We haven't, we haven't even Tuesday, said that. You, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday uh, of next week. Yeah. Um, and it, where is it, actually? Uh, the Expo Center in Greenpoint. Kind of green point, yeah. yeah. That's rad. Uh, and that place can accommodate 3,000 people? Uh, two and a bit a day, apparently so. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, Reed, you know, it's great. Obviously, the show in Berlin started off by the guys with Mixology magazine, who were a group of bartenders who started off a magazine, but they did it really well. About three years ago, Reed, large exhibition company, came in and, you know, bought a stake because they realized that they could bring something to the table. And Helmut and Bastian and Jens from Mixology Magazine realized sure. that they were getting, not out of their comfort zone, but it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And so to have the Suddenly support, they built something like, uh, yeah. sometimes you ride it, sometimes it rides you. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windscreen. Yes. <laughs> but they realized, to say, that in order to allow this to continue and grow and flourish, they needed that support. So they're pretty well organized from that point of view. Uh, and I like the fact that they kept this one small. I kind of like that fact too. You know, uh, organic growth is better than than forced growth, and they can always rent a bigger space next year. It is, and we sat there, and every single brand that applied, you know, we went through it and said, right, okay, this is a fantastic story, but is the liquid any good for a start? Because uh, there's a lot of fantastic stories out there yeah. about people who sold their kidney to buy their first still, and they grew up <laughs> wanting to be distillers and things. But you know, is it a good product? Do they have, you know, something to say? Is it something that bartenders here will want to listen, will want to learn, will want to try and sample? So we turned down way more people than we accepted. I think you're a great, I mean, obviously they think so too, and I don't know what you think, but I think you're a great pick for this position because of your previous positions. You've traveled the world, you've talked to people in large and small numbers at, at different times, and you've, you've really got a good sense of what it is the audience wants. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, I spent many many years when, of my life, the job. when I figured out that this was uh, you know bartending is a very easy job to do badly very difficult job to do well and I figured out that I wanted to learn everything there was to know about drinks drinkers and those that serve them and of course that's an endless topic but I have tried I've applied myself and now when they asked me to be education director I was like right I can bring some of these things you know with the great educators that I've met and the great educators that don't have the recognition yet and perhaps deserve to as well as having the name recognition for some people, because as I say, you need Wondridge, you need sure. people like that. And it's great that they, a lot of them reached out to me and said, can I be involved with it? Oh, nice. And other people, I was like, 
would you like to do a talk on this area of expertise? They would like, I would love to. So there's some cool stuff coming. What, uh, uh, if, you, if you had to pick one, what's, your, what's the one you're most excited about? If, if you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, uh, no, don't do I mean, it. No, I mean, it's one of those things. I, I'm a huge fan of Bobby Hugel. Yeah. He asked to do a session on how to train bartenders. And he has a rigorous program. Well, his, his idea is that he doesn't train bartenders, he trains operators. Oh. That, you know, his bartenders know the poor cost of all the products, they know the effect they have to the bottom line, as well as the responsibility that they have in terms of providing people an experience. Uh, and some of the stuff that I've worked with him on in the past, some of the stuff I've heard him do, you know, I could think of nobody better to run, effectively, an education course about education, which is great. But I'm going to say, I love culture, I love the... You know how your staff behave when you're not there. So yeah. to have Tom Hansen from Barmetrics and Christy Pope for work that she does talk about theory and practice, sure, uh, is great, and a lot of interesting tastings too. Yeah, yeah, cool. Lizzie, what was your? Do you remember your first uh, like convention bar experience like this? Oh man. I was part of the first Portland Cocktail Week about nine years ago, back when I lived in Portland. It was right before I moved to New York City, and that one was very, very small. And I had just joined the the USBG chapter in Portland. It had just been formed. Um, and I was, you know, a very young bartender and just starting to get into sort of the craft side of things. And it was really, for me, it was very exciting to get to have people come in from out of town and show them my city. And there was Jason Luttrell led a walking tour around the Pearl District one day, and we just, like, we kind of just wandered and, like, he pointed out a lot of bars. It was sort of, like, Jason Luttrell talks about Portland. But it was fun to get to, like, be on that and to be, like, one of the locals on that and to really get to, like, show other people what your city is doing. So that was really the first for me. I think then uh, once I moved to New York, I went to Tales, and that was more of a, I just moved to New York City, I'm lonely, and I want to see all my friends that I miss in Portland. And that was obviously a great experience. It's I think for me... And but then now the, you do a bunch of camp stuff. Right? Yeah, and I've been at camp a bunch. We haven't talked about camp. Yeah, um, yeah I think Tales, though, for me is more about seeing friends and reconnecting with old friends and networking. So I think we talked a lot about the education piece, and I think the way BCB is going to be great is, for me, my next step is I want to go into management. And there's all those things that I don't know. There are no, you know, there's so many seminars on Mezcal and on, you know, Sherry and on how to barrel-age spirits. And Camp Renamuck is great for that kind of education, but the education on how to own a bar, you know, like there was a bar that was up for sale near my house very recently and anyone in Seattle listening will know which bar I'm talking about and I had fantasies of buying it, but I learned the lease was up in a year so then I'd have to talk about renegotiating a lease. I've never done that before. So all those pieces for management and I think the other cool piece that with Bobby Hugel talking is when you're managing, it's also not just managing the space and managing your costs, it's how to talk to people. It's how to talk to your staff, how to get the most out of your staff. And that's a piece that I've learned. I've been bartending now, I realize, for 12 years and working in the industry for 13 years. And I've been trained by a lot of people. I've had a lot of managers, and I'm very aware of what I like to see. I've also had the opportunity to train bartenders around the country. And you know what works, you know? And so that piece is really important, too, for managers to see. And that's not getting talked about as much, too. I think it is. And Bobby's got a great set of staff. But what he realizes is you don't only focus on the bottom. You have to continue to focus on the top so that even your best performers feel they're learning something. Mm -hmm. And he does really simple stuff. Like he asked his bartenders, he said, right, tonight, don't say the word no. Somebody asks you for a Bud Light, don't say no, we don't have it. But how can you phrase your language in a different way? He tells his managers, go for a week without giving an order. 
instead of saying, mop that up, asked them to do this. And, you know, again, phrase your language in a different way. And he went a month without making a, an owner's decision, without explaining it to everybody. And it's something as simple as that, that you ask your staff to go through an entire night without saying no, and then talk to them at the end of the night and see how it went. It's impossible or more. <laughs> it, it's, but but it's not. I mean, not. I did it. You did yes, it. Yeah, we say we yes, talked but. a lot about this. We say yes, yeah. but all the time. Or yeah. I just ignore yes, the but, but and just move on to the next yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a little things like that that you know I'm really keen to see what he's doing. Uh, and as I say, there's there's a bunch of interesting stuff all over the place from you know Katie Shoemaker from Hangar One talking about distilling using strange ingredients. You know, from fog, obviously, as they do in San Francisco, what? through to Christmas trees and all sorts. So the geeks will have something there. You know, the people, the newbies and the novices will have something there. Civilians, I'm sure, will learn something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... Well, if I, they've snuck in. I think... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that, like, any time I go to um, a conference like MCC or Tales of Cocktail or, like, Camp Runamuck, you know, like, where I was last week, Everything that I learned, and even like when we have, we have at my bar, we have classes every other week, and it's like an all staff. Everyone's invited to come, like from the neighborhood if you're around, like because you know, we've got like Clover Club and Leanda and Longland Bar and all that. Oh, stuff. all staff slash all industry in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's great. I've invited everyone, you know, uh, and sometimes people can make it, sometimes they can't. But like, um, we'll have like a seminar on. We'll have someone come in and like do a training on something, but. Even more than just like learning about a spirit or a cocktail history, like that kind of stuff. It's like I feel like a lot of these things are just valuable as a human being. You know? Yeah, like mm-hmm. just to know, like Absolutely. understanding, like 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 you said, like not like Bobby Eagle, like challenging his staff to not say the word no. That's kind of a, a very interesting way. That, that's something useful in life in general, just like sure. as a personality trait. Like being yeah, it's able a thought to like, experiment. Yeah. Definitely played the game of trying to go through an entire day just without saying no yeah. Yeah. in life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in life, not just by the yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. out. I mean, I think we talked about managers and owners. You, know, you have a responsibility for the people in your care, be they the guests who oh, have yeah. to take care of that, but the staff as well. And when you deal with operators who actually do courses or bring someone in to talk about things like how you, you know, nutrition, how to eat, right. or how to exercise. Uh, you know, one of the stands has, I think it's the Beam Suntory stand, says Marcia Polas, the Pilates lady, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. analyzing people's shakes. So you can go along there, show her how you shake, and she will, I'm That's sure, tell amazing. you doing it in a, wrong, in a way that makes your job hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So little things like that that are going to be sprinkled around this stage as well. But again, I think as owners, one of the reasons I wanted to do culture was... You know, this isn't just about training them on everything they need to know about Mezcal, but it's helping them become better versions of themselves because totally. they will you know, exactly. behave better, be happier at work. And, you know, that's what this job's about. Hospitality is about generous treatment of strangers and friends. You know? and yeah, of my favorite piece of that is that positive attitude is infectious. And once you're feeling better at work, then your coworkers see it and they start taking it on as well. Yeah, Completely. absolutely. And then your guests see it see and it. they're better yeah. in better mood. And yeah. They, they're in a better mood and then they tell Tips are higher about it. And, and cocktails they tell are more delicious friends, and, and they tell two wins. friends third yep. <laughs> plus uh, well man this has been a highly informative uh, episode uh, uh, in, in its own way and of course it's informing us about a thing that can inform us even further uh, Bar Convent Brooklyn uh, which happens next Tuesday and Wednesday uh, and you can google a lot of people are in town just yeah. like, kind of flanking like, well a lot of people are in town it's Negroni flanking. week leading yeah. up so like I think you know it's. I think you're going to 
You're going to see a lot of faces. There are great exhibitors there. You know, 125 stands, 200 brands. There's a lot of great educators there. And as I say, the people on the main stage are doing it. We're paying for flights and accommodation, but nobody's getting paid for this. They're giving up their time to come along and do this. But rather like a bar, the missing thing is who's in there. So, you know, we need people, be New Yorkers, surrounding areas, etc., to go to barconfortbrooklyn.com, go through the process and come along because it's great value. And also, as I say, there's going to be a lot of interesting people there. A lot of networking will go on. That's one of the reasons Berlin works so well as well. But uh, say so this is the first one, and we need everyone to uh, get involved. Get involved. Well, are, are, there, are there going to be any, uh, any of the things going to be filmed and, and we can watch them later somewhere? We're looking at that at the moment, but, you know, again, there's so many different of course. platforms and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. up there. And, you know, we're just focusing on the experience on the day. Yeah, let's get it done. This is the first, the first year. Yeah, definitely. We can expand and grow as, as, it, as time goes on. It's well, really cool how many, like, people from around the world are just so focused and, like, psyched about this. Yeah. You know, like it's it's like it's buzzing. You know, it's like been being talked been, about a lot. Yeah. yeah, so I'm excited to see a lot of. Uh, I've got a lot of buddies from like Europe and UK coming in, from Asia, and like it's just like in, from Oklahoma <laughs> and like coming Whoa. up for yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, the four, the four corners of the world, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like really excited to see all these friends. But also, it's like it's really cool because it doesn't. Like a lot of, like we kind of established talking about this, it's not like necessarily about partying. It's about education. It's like yeah. really like furthering your, your, your education and your career. Yeah, so man. It's really cool. It's, it's, uh, I think it's a, a smart thing to do to, to elevate your own sense of knowledge about what, what it is we do and, and, and bring a better game to the next thing you're doing yeah. or, or back to work that same night. Um, well, we're here at the end of the show, so we should wrap it up. But it's been great having uh, Angus Winchester, the uh, Director of Education for Bar Convent Brooklyn and Berlin, right? Yeah. Uh, as well as uh, my dear friend, Lindsay Madison, who's just in town to hang out. And she's going to be on the bar tonight with me at Amoria Margo. <laughs> yeah, our dear friend. Slinging, yeah, slinging, <laughs> slinging some Negronis. Uh, you're actually going to literally sling them. You're going to throw Negronis. I'm going to throw Negronis. Yeah. At Amoria Margo. Yep. Negronis. Throwing Breaking drinks. Breaking the mold. Will Negronis. not be stirring tonight. There will be no thrown Negronis from the hours of 5 to 8 p.m. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's also another charity event going on tomorrow night that I want to mention. Um, our good friend uh, Greg Benson uh, from the Bar None podcast. Uh, he's doing an all-night charity event benefiting the Billion Oyster Project, which is restoring the health of the Hudson River and protecting New York from megastorms like Sandy by replanting a billion oysters by 2035. He was in my uh, bar last night. Yeah. It'll be an all-night happy hour with drink specials, including an oyster-infused Negroni for Negroni Week, a raffle for a bottle of Brenwin special cast selection. All the proceeds from that uh, raffle go to the charity. Uh, plus all of his tips, so he's donating his entire tip uh, pool for the evening to the Billion Oyster Project, which is pretty, pretty what a guy. pretty rad. Um, and then uh, let's see, I can tap over to my calendar real fast and talk about who's coming up. Uh, we've got Lauren Myerskoff is coming up from New Orleans to talk to us about Cocktail and Sons. That's her line of syrups uh, uh, and uh, things that she sells. Uh, Kat Hamidi is coming up from Washington D.C. to talk about her uh, vermouth uh, that she makes down there. Uh, Julie Reiner is going to be on the show soon. Um, Matt Curry, who does the New York Cocktail Expo, is coming up. Jesse Scheidlauer, who owns the Threesome Toll Booth, is coming up. Uh, that's that bar here in New York that only seats two people, two people in the bartender. That's the Threesome. Um, so we got some, and he also wrote a book, which is incredible. Did I tell you about this before? Yeah. Yeah. He was the uh, he worked for the Oxford English Dictionary for years, and he wrote a book that is 100. The entire book it's about the size of that book in your hand. Uh, it's uh, it's the definition of fuck. 
<laughs> which is an entire book uh, defining fucking how we use it and have used it in the past. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty rad. Uh, anyway, that's uh, pretty much all I've got for this uh, session of uh, the Speakeasy. What do you got, Damon? Dude, you, you covered a lot of things as you normally do. Um. <laughs> uh, you know, I have my little notes in my phone here. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, there's still room in that phone yeah, after man. you wrote a whole book in it? <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's an amazing Incredible. piece of technology. Now, we, we've got um, some really cool stuff coming up uh, this week. Um, obviously, it's Negroni Week, but we have uh, BCB. Um, we're doing a uh, uh, pop-up at Grand Army on Monday with all the Brooklyn Gen brand ambassadors. Red. So, from uh, the uh, the European and UK teams, which is going to be Oh, yeah, Michael's going to be in town, right? Michael, Michael Olsen. Neff. All right, Michael Nelson. Uh, Michael Olsen and Michael Neff. Are yeah, Red. Gonna be, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, Friday is Twinsmas. Oh, gosh. So uh, me and my twin brother are going to be running around for our birthday. Oh, so my gosh. So we're planning creepy. on hitting every bar in New York. So creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got going, man. So creepy. Yeah, man. Uh, he's coming over. That's great, though. You're going to have a great weekend with him. Yeah. Good times. Uh, I'm surprised my mom didn't call into the show. She usually oh, does on my right. birthday week. Dave, you didn't screen any calls today, did you? <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> um, well, cool. Uh, tonight, uh, Lindsay Madison at Amoria Margo throwing some Negronis. Tomorrow night, Austin Henley at Amoria yeah. Margo. Randomly in town. Also, I guess, for Negroni Week or maybe, I don't know. He just called me and said, What random country is he living in right now? He, no, no, he's, he's in this country, which is also really? random. But he's in, uh, he's in L.A. He and Julie, uh, they got engaged. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. He's working for the cool. Momofuku out there. That's right. Um, and then... Uh, well, I guess we'll take us out with uh, a bit of Sexton. We got some Sexton Irish whiskey right here on the table, so let's uh, let's have a let's have a bit of that and go out. I don't have any. Oh, well, here's the bottle. Wait, where? Uh, there you go, pal. I mean this one right here. Get in it. Oh, it's the one with the cork. <laughs> I love those corked bottles. Uh, so the Sexton Irish whiskey, the number one selling single malt Irish whiskey in the world. Uh, get yourself a bottle and share it with some friends just like we're doing here on the Speakeasy. Uh, go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate to shows just like this one to keep us on the air. Uh, and cheers, everybody. Thanks for cheers. coming. Cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.